Hello and welcome to Discovering Jazz. My name's Larry Sademan, and in this program, we all discover jazz, old and new, together by listening to a wide array of selections, exploring different jazz styles and topics related to jazz, we'll learn more about what it is, what it isn't, how it's developed, and what we can listen for to enhance our experience. For the next 60 minutes, Discovering Jazz. Today and next week, I'm doing something different. It's a program on the Beatles for Discovering Jazz. Why? Were the Beatles jazz artists? Of course not. But neither were the Gershwins or Rodgers and Hammerstein or Jerome Kern or that handful of amazing songwriters from mostly from Broadway who uh, whose songs have become uh, jazz standards. But just as one major component of jazz has been the transformation of popular songs of the day, including songs from Broadway, pop hits, etc., into a jazz format, it wasn't unexpected that this would be done to some of those great compositions by the Beatles. It happened a lot in the 60s and continues to happen. Here's Chick Corea from a 2008 double album called Duet with Japanese pianist Hiromi Uhara, Fool on the Hill. Thank you. 
Shikuria, and Hiromi. When the Beatles came to my home city of Peterborough recently, I had a chance to interview John Lennon. Okay, maybe I'm exaggerating a bit. It wasn't really the Beatles. It was the touring cast of Let It Be, a celebration of the music of the Beatles. And no, I didn't resurrect John Lennon from the dead, but interviewed Michael Gagliano, who played the part of John Lennon. Let's hear a bit from Michael. When did you become a Beatles fan? Um, I came, uh, I think from, the, from a really small age, I was like about five. And um, my mum had a dance Dan set record player. And uh, I just used to play with it a lot and put all the 45s on singles, you know, re little records. And um, I just got hooked from then on, you know, you'd like look at these four mystical people and the music was so varied to a young boy. It was, you know, you, you've got songs like She Loves You and then you've got songs like I'm a Walrus. So to me, okay. it was like, how did these, I mean, you know, how did these four blokes make such diverse music in sh such a short space of time? Really? I think I can guarantee that when Michael first heard the Beatles, he had no idea that their music would ever be transformed into this. Here are a trombone and guitar duo called Sean and the Wolf and their version of Can't Buy Me Love. Thank you. 
an interesting and creative duo out of Germany, Sean and the Wolf, consisting of guitarist Wolfgang Meyer and trombonist Sean Grocott. Grocott is originally from Regina, Saskatchewan, where he was born and raised. Today on Discovering Jazz, I'm playing various jazz renditions of Beatles songs. I'm now going to play two different interpretations of the same tune, Blackbird, written by Paul McCartney. First one of the idols of virtually every electric jazz bass player, Jaco Pastorius. Oh, it sounds like they were having some fun. I'm going to follow this version with another version by someone who makes no pretense of being a jazz musician. But much of jazz today involves reharmonizing old standards, putting different chords to them. And this is what Kim Dunn does to Blackbird. Very different from the Jaco Pastorius version. And his singing certainly isn't jazzy. But what he's playing on keyboard does tra- transform the song into something different. From Kate Breton, Kim Dunn with Blackbird. 
bluebirds singing in the dead of night. Take these broken wings and learn to fly. All your life, you were only waiting for this moment to arrive. Blackbird singing in the dead of night. We'll take these sunken eyes and learn to see. Well, all your life, you were only waiting for this moment to be free.
Him done from Cape Breton. One thing that makes the music of the Beatles continue to be explored, even today, has to do with its appeal to all generations and all ages. I'm not sure why, but as Michael Gagliano explains, it just does. Can you imagine a world without the Beatles? It would be <laughs> bizarre, wouldn't it? I mean, they are the soundtrack to our lives. They are the most popular it's the most popular music of the 20th century and and even the 21st century there's still nothing that touches it really. in terms of that magic of what it that effect that it has on people all around the world there must be some magic to that you know there's some magic involved in that it's not like a normal band there's something about their music which i don't know it's sort of new generations hear their music all the time and they you know they 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 gain new fans you know, they don't die off. The Beatles get bigger and bigger and bigger. They're like a snowball that picks up through time, doesn't diminish, actually gets bigger and bigger. And, you know, it's really lovely when you go to our concerts and you see, you know, five-year-olds, because I see myself in that. You know, I was like, yeah, well, I can relate to that because that's how I got into them at that age. And to see, you know, um, senior citizens and five-year-olds feeling that music, and getting that, that, that's magical for that to transcend generations and age gaps and it's just magical. Here is a current fusion band from Havana, Cuba and their interpretation of I Want You, She's So Heavy, Interactivo, featuring the keyboard of Roberto Carcasses.
I don't know if that's a scream of agony or a scream of joy. Interactivo from Havana, along with Roberto Carcass's keyboard work, I believe that the wild guitar is by William Vivanco. Here is some more of my conversation with Beatles tribute band star Michael Gagliano, who does such a fine John Lennon impression. What I find so interesting is that it's not just the really complex ones, like Strawberry Fields Forever or Yesterday, that get amazing covers, but I just heard an amazing version by Herbie Hancock right. of Norwegian Wood. Right. Now, would you ever have thought of Norwegian Wood as a song that would have been covered or performed oh, by I jazz mean, yeah, people? Probably not, because, you know, it's kind of folky in its origins, in, in a sense. But, you know, as I say, <coughs> excuse me, their music has such scope for any interpretation. 
it's just so open and so open to interpretation by incredible artists. Here is Herbie Hancock.
from 1995, some of the world's greatest jazz musicians. Herbie Hancock on piano, Michael Brecker on saxophone, John Schofield guitar, Dave Holland acoustic bass, Jack DeJanet on drums, and Don Alias on percussion. I think in the early years of the Beatles, when record companies were trying to get jazz people to cover their songs just because they were popular, I don't think they always knew exactly what they wanted to do with the tunes. In their later years, even Duke Ellington and Count Basie got into the act. The Count Basie track that I'm going to play is from a whole album of Beatles songs from 1966. It was called Beatles Bag with arrangements by Chico O'Farrell. The Duke Ellington cut is from an album called Ellington 66. The arrangements range from interesting to awful. You be the judge of what category you put these two in. First, Duke Ellington with All My Loving, then Count Basie with Can't Buy Me Love. Thank you. 
the 60s version of Count Basie and his orchestra. Before that, Duke Ellington, both from 1966. I'm trying to figure out what it is that makes Beatles songs so conducive to jazz. I mean, the Rolling Stones wrote some great songs, but you rarely hear them being performed by jazz artists. I asked this question of Michael Gagliano, who has played the part of John Lennon in touring in the touring group of Let It Be, a celebration of the music of the Beatles, which I believe might still be currently touring. I'm not sure I really got an answer, but maybe nobody knows the answer. What do you think it is about some of the Beatles tunes that make them so conducive to jazz arrangements? Well, I mean, I, w- I wouldn't really know, to be quite honest, but the, uh, my hunch feeling as a musician is if you've got a great song, if you've got a great foundation for something, it could be twisted into any format. And uh, the scope that, those, that they had in three-minute pop songs, you know, was like Strawberry Fields is like a three-minute pop song, really. But it's so open and it's it's so it's it's there for people to you know, to take into their own way and to twist and to you know, they they've got that foundation, they've got that the initial magical ingredient that makes it possible for Ella Fitzgerald, Stevie Wonder, or whoever to be able to cover their music. It's just so it's just the greatest template from which to to make any cake out of. Not that they're cooking, <laughs> but they are. They're cooking up a storm, you know what I'm saying. There is a very current album recently reviewed in Downbeat magazine, which is a publication for jazz lovers, and it's by Django Bates called Saluting Sgt. Pepper. It has very different arrangements of Beatles classics from the Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band album. Bates is a keyboardist, horn player, composer, band leader, and arranger. And on this album, he makes use of the Frankfurt Radio Big Band with Bates on keyboards, Stuart Hall on every possible kind of guitar, and a vocal group called Eggs Laid by Tigers. Here's the version of that tune Michael Gagliano was talking about, Strawberry Fields Forever. This recording is from the 2016 Frankfurt Jazz Festival. Let me take you down, cause I'm going to Strawberry Fields. Nothing is real, and nothing to get hung about. Strawberry Fields forever. You can't, you know, tune in, but it's all right. 
Bates, Strawberry Fields Forever. Time for one more selection in our salute to the Beatles on Discovering Jazz. Coming from the studios of Trent Radio in Peterborough, CFFF 92.7 FM, I'm Larry Sademan. Next week, some more jazz versions of Beatles tunes. Gonna end off with the late Larry Coryell from his 2003 album, The Power Trio Live in Chicago, with Larry Gray on bass, Paul Wertico on drums, and Larry Coryell guitar. George Harrison's Something. Bye for now. Thank you.